Hey, we have to. We have to. We have to record this real quick. Did you guys ever play Chex Quest? No. No. What's that? <laughs> oh, but they. Yeah, they designed a, a video game, right? Yeah, this was a, a video game. It was a, a video game for a, cereal. It was yeah. It was a mod of Doom, and it came on a CD-ROM. What? With checks, and it was free, and it was Wait, Doom. Did, did it was like Doom a... Two or something. It was a ama- <laughs> It was so good. It was. Did you Doom. get a? Did you get a bag of checks with the thing, or was it just the CD? It's like you buy the cereal, and the CDs in there, like as oh, the prize oh, that oh, comes like in your prize. cereal. Yeah. And it was a video it was game. A, it was a Doom mod, and it was like. It was Doom. It was like you were playing Doom. It was great. It was so great. What were you shooting? What were you trying to kill? Uh, you uh, play, you're in space, and you play like a Czech policeman, and you have like a- Wait, what the fuck does that mean? A Czech policeman? <laughs> he, you were made out of Czech? You're like, he's like part of like the space corps, like Donald Trump's space corps, but he looks like a giant <laughs> Czech's. With like blue arms and legs, and it's like the checks is like his gold armor. Oh my kind god! Of. That's not the bad guy. Of the, like it's like 40k, like Space Marines or whatever. He's got like a huge armored suit, but it kind of looks blocky, like checks and his little heads what? like in there. <laughs> and you had like different weapons, and they shot like green, uh, like green lasers, kind of. Okay. And it said like that they, they you like teleported them to jail or something, and you fought the flemoids which were, like, snot <laughs> monsters that would, like, spit green goo at you. Wait, hold on. Thematically, is Czech supposed to be good for phlegm? Is that a thing that... I, you know, I don't know. Is that a thing that we're, we're to have understood about the serial Czechs? Yeah, I mean, they were, like, time? they just needed to convert, like, doom demons into, like, something, and they were, like, I guess they're just slime monsters? Like, yeah. I, this is hard. Okay. It's Czechs. There's not a lot of backstory yeah. to checks to draw from. I was going to say, I yeah, think we're searching like, too deep for meaning from the video game you get in the cereal box. <laughs> it's not like Count Chocula, where there's a rich backstory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, the the entire like Count Chocula, Frankenberry universe, <laughs> like that clearly has a well-developed back canon yeah, they, that we're they just murdered, not privy to. They murdered Fruit Brute. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, so, yeah, but I'm super curious about this... Uh, like checks in space narrative like, <laughs> right I, I i need i need something to latch onto here right yeah man checks quest i think you can play it you can play it online for free because it's so old now but it's great google that shit we just, we just have amazing. to make our own meaning out of it listening to the liquid flannel podcast thanks for tuning in i'm chuck williams joining me but not where i'm at is breaded williams breaded how you doing man uh i'm doing all right i'm missing you man yeah man well you know i'm out in the wonderful state of missouri uh actually in kansas city not in st louis (laughs) but uh (laughs) you know i when it comes to sporting kansas city soccer I, I can't listen to any travel advisories from the NAACP. I've got to go out there and support my team. So, you know, I, I'm not going to be held away. Well, and they just won the U.S. Open Cup last night. So I went to the game with my partner, and we had a great time. But um, I'm definitely missing Omaha, and I'm looking forward to getting back there soon. So 
And joining us in Arlington, Texas is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how's it going, dude? You know, it's going all right. Any week where I can come to the show and say Texas didn't do anything phenomenally stupid or embarrassing on the national stage is a good week. We haven't been paying attention to the news very much. I'm sure if we dug deep enough, we'd find some skeletons. You know, don't there. ruin this for me, <laughs> Just from this week. <laughs> okay, okay. I won't ruin it for you. Just like I didn't ruin the soccer game last night, it was an amazing time. It was like 90 degrees at nine at eight o'clock at night. Man. I mean, they had to do heat advisory water breaks, emergency water breaks yeah. during the soccer game. Wow. Which you usually don't get too many of those in September. Do they do they bring <laughs> so, one of those yeah, uh, happy like the orange first day slices of fall. also? <laughs> no orange slices, but they did give a soda to the referee after okay. the game. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so You know, I will say they do they do now put uh MLS stars on Capri Suns. Oh, <laughs> right. So I do love rolling to Kansas City mm-hmm. and then, you know, watching Graham Zuzi play and then coming home and just drinking that Graham Zuzi Pacific Cooler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just reliving the memories. Oh, they've got the stars on the. A- okay. I thought you meant they've got them on Capri Suns, as in they're making them do a trading regimen that included consumption of Capri Suns. Right. Sun. Like, the, uh, I was like, like Man, the Florida Capri Gators with Gatorade or something like that. Absolutely, like, absolutely. They're contracted to that's the only liquid that like, they can drink or whatever. And they're just like, I'm so thirsty in these tiny straws. <laughs> Goalies, like, you know, with their gloves on, trying to jab that tiny little straw in. Like astronauts drinking tang. Because did you guys ever think about the mechanics of that? Like, you're going to open up a thing full of powder in space where the powder's not going to stay in With thing. zero right, gravity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, was that <laughs> right. even, or did, was it just in a in it a pre-mixed bag or whatever? You just squeeze the water in. I mean, yeah. Did you ever eat astronaut ice yeah, cream? Yeah, that freeze no, dried. Huh? It it wasn't anything like ice cream, but it was kind of a nice like freeze freeze dried sugar wafer. It was like a. It tasted like a dried out <laughs> right. marshmallow or something. I've got news it was like for eating you. Eating a giant Lucky Charm marshmallow. Your parents probably just scraped some freezer burn out of the freezer and dumped <laughs> sugar on it and said, check this out. They eat it in space, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mom, I don't think ice cream is supposed to be crunchy. Right. <laughs> no, but uh, no space ice cream at the stadium, but I do believe they had dip and Dots, so that's That's good. the but, ice cream of know. the future. That's right. Man. That's right. <laughs> the ice cream that that uh, Sean Spicer got into a, a lengthy Twitter war with <laughs> about how much he hated it. Yeah, it's not the true ice cream of the yeah, future. Yeah, that's that's what guys. he says. Isn't it funny how he's become a media darling now? I mean, kind of. He was like one of the shittiest people ever. <laughs> I, mean, I I kind of feel like he was at the Emmys one time as like a joke, and. But I think maybe people are overreacting, but it does kind of seem like people are ready to be like, oh, funny Sean Spicer, right. all the hilarious lies that you told. Right. What a great time. Well, there's more, you know, uh, according to Harvard, it's uh, he brings more to the conversation than Chelsea Manning. So, you know, oh, man. I mean, <laughs> all right. Let's e- not even these. Let's not give away the, yeah. whole, the entire show before <laughs> we actually start the show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. You know, we've got some sporting news from the Midwest. The the Huskers just uh, released their athletic director. And we've got some other stuff, don't we? We've got some Baton Rouge. Oh, madness. yeah, we've got some, uh, we've <laughs> got some Boy some, Scout uh, news, uh, some national news, yep. Donald Trump at the U.N. and 
all this stuff going on with healthcare. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit. Yeah, healthcare, defense spending. You know, we got a lot oh, to talk about. So, <laughs> do you remember the days when we used to struggle to think of like, man, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> Nothing happened this week. You know, yeah, not a lot to talk about those days i i miss those days so much yeah i I was gonna say did we ever even experience those days as a podcast because i feel like those days were in the pre-trump world so we probably just Mm. sat around watching soccer and not talking to each other (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) well we do have a lot to talk about this week so without further ado let's jump right in hey everybody thank you so much for tuning in well, I know it's been a while, but I figured I might as well go on and make me a video now because um, it might be the last one that I can make before the end of the world. Because they say that tomorrow, September 23rd, is supposed to be it. I don't know if it's whether the Lord is coming back or the world's just going to end. I don't know what it is, but I've just been hearing this buzz from all these self-proclaimed prophets talking about, you know, uh, the... the aligning the scriptures with the stars and the Jewish holidays and all this, that, and the third, you know, to justify the the end of the world or the Lord coming back, whichever the case may be. I don't know. One. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, so uh, the apocalypse is supposed to happen 33 days after something because Jesus was 33 when he died. Whoa. Dude, I outlived Jesus and Jimi Hendrix. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's that whole 27 Club thing. But yeah, Jesus was theoretically right. or mythologically 33 when he died. So there's this apocalyptic prophecy that the world is going to end in a couple of days because it's 33 days after. And that's all I can remember. It just had to do with the number 33. I came across this story on reputable news website, Fox <laughs> News. Was that Science Fo- Fox News? FoxNewsScienceEdition.com? <laughs> oh, okay. This is, it's FoxNews.com slash science. And yeah, it has this story. Biblical prophecy claims the world will end on September 23rd, according to Christian numerologists. We're reporting this as news, by the way. That's <laughs> right. the day after my birthday. I knew it was special. I knew it. Oh man, dude, you better party like it's the end of I'm the I'm going to party so hard that, day. that I get arrested and say, it could who cares, be. man? Jails aren't even going to be a thing anymore. And then it's like, oh. <laughs> right. So the world didn't end and now I'm sitting in a jail. Yeah, <laughs> so, but Chuck, I mean, yeah. not to not to get super dark here, but uh like black dudes getting arrested, it that's not like the best thing that usually Aside. happens in this country. So, I mean, <laughs> I would hate for you to die on your birthday before the whole show with the like the horsemen and everybody coming around. (laughs) Right. Especially since you're the only person on the show who's a person of faith. And, you know, that would be a real shame, I think. (laughs) I think that that would be a a message to everyone. I can't decipher it. You'll have to do it on your own. But speaking of the end of the world, no, no. Speaking of deciphering, so Brendan, what's the what's the story here? Yeah, the I mean, the world's definitely going to end on Sunday, you guys. So get get ready. What's this theory though? Because he's he he traced it out from it was thirty three days after something. There was some numerological reason that he thought that the world's going to end thirty three days later. 
I think he just looked up and saw a Larry Bird jersey that had 33 on it and then was <laughs> like, dude, that's the number. 33 from now. It's going to happen. I mean, obviously, it's not going to happen. And obviously, the funniest story is that the Fox News Science Channel is publishing this as real news, not as a like a debunking thing. You know, it's like, well, wait a second. Well, maybe think about it, you guys. Like, maybe the world could end on Sunday. Hey, it's true that 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 guy said that. Hold on. Now, if Larry Bird slam dunked a basketball on September 23rd as a white man over the age of 50 on a regulation goal, then would you think that that might be the end of the world? Because that could be a sign. Yeah. That seems like unholy, unholy power. Well, assuming that Jesus the Christ was also a white man, Larry Bird has outlived him. So maybe we need to just reconfigure all of our religions. Okay. Yeah. We should actually use... um, what was that that group? Earth, not Earth, Wind, and Fire. Who sang the Age of Aquarius? <laughs> we got to use that. Just fuse <laughs> it all into that into that album as a religion. So, <laughs> so who was that guy? And should we yeah. care about him anymore? There, Brendan. No, not at all. Uh, but yeah, are you guys, yeah, that's are right. You guys, speaking of b- basketball apocalypses, are you guys familiar with with uh, b- Charles Barkley's Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I wish that I could play that game. Uh, it's only available on computer, right? Right, because it's like a fan-made game that's like... Mm. The the joke is that it's a sequel to Barkley Shut Up and Jam, which was like a bad ripoff of NBA uh, Jam. NBA Jam, NBA Jam yeah, which was Sega. amazing. And... Anybody our age listening to the show will know that the boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Right. He's on fire. (laughs) But basically, so this is like a fan-made like RPG game that opens in 2041. And it's like 12 years ago, Charles Barkley performed a chaos dunk. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The NBA Finals. Wait, chaos dunk. Is this part of the Sonic the Hedgehog universe? Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, it's all in, it, all, it okay. all ties in there, man. All inclusive. It's like Tommy Westphal. <laughs> right. uh, so it's like he caused like an apocalypse and it's like they banned basketball because if you're good, at, if you're so good at basketball, like in, it ties into Space Jam too, because in Space Jam, when you're so good at basketball, you get superpowers basically. Mm-hmm. And so it was like Watchmen, but like basketball. <laughs> it's it's amazing. I, I mean, I can't wait for HBO to get the, oh, rights that's, to the series. Oh, that's that's so incredible. good. <laughs> and if HBO does get those rights, I want them to explicitly make the connections between NBA Jam and Space Jam and bring them all into one unified universe. You know, mm, I, oh. it, only, it only makes sense. Man. I mean, they're, they've been working on the new Space Jam reboot with LeBron. It's been kind of stuck in development hell for huh. a long time. Yeah. F so all I that. think this is the hook they need to get it. At back a certain going. point, you've got to ditch like, I mean, the longer they put it off, like the less relevant LeBron's going to be. Right. I mean, they could get like Steph Curry to be the new. Uh, the, the new hero well, of the I story. Mean, you forget that. I mean, Space Jam. If you, have you watched Space Jam recently? Oh, fucking fuck no. Movie. No way. <laughs> Dude, so check this out. So I, I, I was like, kids, we should watch Space Jam. And Owen goes, oh, I've already seen it. And I was like, what? How have you seen Space Jam? And he goes, oh, no, they let us watch it at school. 
They showed okay. it to us at school. Okay. But it's like, what kind of school day? Like, <laughs> I mean, we used to watch like Lion King and stuff. Sure. But, I mean, space. It's, it's like it's so old too. Like, what, it's just such a strange thing. But like the first third of that movie is about freaking baseball right. because Jordan was playing for like AAA baseball. Right, yeah. Tim Tebow style at the time and do, being terrible about it, and it's about how terrible he is at baseball. <laughs> right. And then the and then he plays golf. It's it's crazy. And then the universe is like, but we need you to fight these basketball playing aliens to save the world or some shit. You know. Yeah. And also, like Bugs Bunny has to be there. I don't Bill even Murray. necessarily remember if the movie was bad or not. I just remember in high school working at Papio Fun Park. And having to run the laser tag station, and they made us play the Space Jam soundtrack. For that. <laughs> and I was like, man, well, this sucks so hard that I just started playing <laughs> the color and the shape by the Foo Fighters until they put me on go kart duty. Here, here's <laughs> so. here's what here's what actually that soundtrack is killer. What's wrong with you, Chuck? That's here's what actually pisses right. me off. Here's what actually pisses me off about Space Jam is that I had always assumed that Bugs Bunny was at least bisexual, if not gay. And then they... Well, I mean, he's he's cross-dressing. I mean, he's... Right, he's, and he's I'm, not, I'm not going to say that, that cross-dressing necessarily indicates anything about your sexuality in terms of who right. you're attracted to, but Eddie is yeah. he also... I don't know. He always carried himself in such a way that I, I kind of always assumed that Bugs Bunny was gay, but then Space Jam made it, I guess, canonical that... He is he is straight because they introduced the other the super hot like Chola Bunny. Um, I mean, weren't there other cartoons where Bugs Bunny was doing like the heart pound out of your chest, your eyes turn into hearts things, and seeing not, none that I can bunnies. think of actually. No, I, it's it seems like that I happened think before. But he I was dressing like a woman to seduce other men way more often than that happened. <laughs> Do you remember that Bugs Bunny was the mascot of the New York Cosmos soccer team <laughs> back in the day? <laughs> because the team was owned by Warner, and so they were able to get the licensing for Oh, Bugs that's Bunny. wild. Yeah, yeah that was back good. in the 70s and 80s, man. It was crazy. But, you know, they were packing They were packing in the stands, man. There was like 80,000 people going to those games, going to soccer yeah. back then. Probably, you know. probably just you know. there to see the Bugs Bunny stuff. <laughs> right, they're like, I want to hear what what this Pele situation is all about, but I also want to see bugs because my family <laughs> right. they love bugs. You know, it's like going to Six and Flags Daffy's. and you can like have your have your picture taken with a uh, Daffy Duck or whatever. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, speaking of full stadiums, um, in an attempt to keep the stadiums <laughs> full in Nebraska, <laughs> you know, we're, of course we're really we're recording this episode on Thursday. They just fired the athletic director, Sean Eichhorst, from the University of Nebraska. And that comes almost a week after what many people have viewed as an apocalyptic loss for the Huskers against Northern Illinois. Now, <laughs> which is a team, a team that they literally paid money to come to play. play against. Yeah. To to theoretically stomp into the ground and be like, show like wh- how this is how great we are. We won so good. Wait, it's like this if time, everything went like they they paid they paid money to play against this team this time, and they still yes. got beat. So this is what happens: is 
each season, teams try to schedule, you've got your regular conference games, but then you also try to schedule a somewhat challenging non-conference. But also, if you're a good team, you're scheduling a non-conference that warms you up for the conference. So if you're in a power conference, you're going to schedule a bunch of scrub teams to play so that you can get your players warmed up with competition and get and still win and be in title hunt. Sure. Well, now Nebraska, <laughs> I, I think it's a mixture of they're not that good in the sense that they can't just stomp over teams the way they used <laughs> they're not to. that good and in the also, sense that they can't seem to win a goddamn game. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they can't right, win right. Damn <laughs> totally. But you know, the other thing is they also can't schedule either. I mean. The first game of the year, Brendan, you went to that game with me, or I went with you, and it was like uh, they were playing Arkansas State, and they it was a close game all the way through, and fans were just irate. They're like, if we can't do better against Arkansas State, and then it's like, oh, Arkansas State won their conference last year. So why the hell are you even scheduling them as your first game of the season? You right. know? I mean, I'm sure that these games get scheduled out further in advance than that. But yes, this totally was a situation where they paid this team to come in as a warm-up, and then they lost that warm-up match. Man. It's pure hubris, man. And the conference that, you know, Northern Illinois comes from is a very historic quarterback conference, so they definitely have offensive firepower, but it's just not one of those power conferences. The thing that gets me about all of this is all the Husker fans that pretend when you start talking about whether kids should be allowed to market their license or license their own image rights and stuff like that in college. And people are like, no, 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 they're students first. They're students, then athletes. They'll be athletes when they graduate or when they leave, when we're done using them. Right. But right now they're students (laughs) and it's like, okay, well, if they're students, then it shouldn't matter whether they win or lose, just whether they're developing themselves. But it clearly matters whether they win or lose because their athletic director just got fired and it was, entirely about performance well totally and you know know, part of that is also like look not all of these kids who play football during college are going to get drafted into the nfl of course not yeah you know so if they're if they're hot shit right now and they have the opportunity to like make a fortune this is the thing that people treat them as valuable for you know, it's not that they're college students, right. it's that they're football players. So <laughs> to tell these kids that you can't capitalize on this thing, that maybe the thing that you're the most famous for in your entire life seems really sketchy to me. And the craziest thing to me is just the fact that you're you're making so much money for the university. If you work at the university like bookstore or cafeteria, you get paid right. money to do that right right? and these people who are you know going to school going to like grueling you know practices early morning weightlifting sessions film all this extra absolutely reviews games travel you know all this stuff but they can't get paid not even can they not get paid but they can't even like get a free tattoo or get an extra bowl of spaghetti right Right. yes they they can't even open up their own YouTube channel and get that monetized. Get, like, if yeah, get talking. ad revenue from Google just because yeah. it's there. Yeah, you can't do right. that. Right. Well, they and then even come on our podcast and get all our sweet podcast cash. Well, and all these, all these Husker quote unquote fans out here are like, well, they're getting an education and that's valuable. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, um, 
you must be thinking about that mythical pre-9-11 college education right. where things, you know, were a little bit less globalized or something like that. But um, yeah, that education, <laughs> you you can find kids working at Dairy Queen with a bachelor's degree. Yeah, you know? well, it's, so. it's that and it's also... If you've ever been to a college that had any kind of a football program, you know what classes these guys are taking. It's not a criticism of them, but they do get shunted into uh, communications. It's it's stuff like uh, like the value of Crayola crayons to business 101 or whatever. I mean, it's it's these these total bullshit classes that you can't even say that they're getting. (laughs) (laughs) You can't even say that they're getting a solid college education because the college knows why they're there. They're going to put them in places where they can. Rocks for jocks is a stereotype for a reason. You know, geology. Yeah, totally. It's right. Yeah. Well, and you and then you've got players who there was that whole scandal where they were like, according to your transcript, uh, you took Swahili for six years or right. something like that. Oh, at North Carolina. Can you speak some, yeah. Could you say a sentence to me in Swahili? And they're like, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. No, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> they probably start doing that tongue click. I mean, half and stuff, well, you know, half the damn <laughs> classes are taught by the coaches and the, you know, various athletic trainers and tutors yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they end up taking they, they take like a life science course from the gal who also, you know, brings them Gatorade at the end of a quarter or whatever. Right. And let's not get this confused. I mean, Northwestern University's football team versus, you know, maybe some of the rest of the teams in the Big Ten. They've got, you know, engineers and biology majors and chemists and stuff on their team. That's the team that tried to unionize Division One athletics anyway, (laughs) NCAA athletics. So, you know, you've got them, but then you've got guys, then you've got the rest of them. (laughs) And if you're not going to be a professional like the rest of them, there needs to be some sort of a change in how this is going because you're right. They're, they're shuffling you into a degree, not because they think that that's the degree that you have the best aptitude for, right. but the degree that will keep you eligible to keep their team winning. And that's 100% Absolutely. disingenuous bullshit yeah, and I, I by be, anyone that cares about education. And I want to be 100% super clear here. I am not criticizing the player slash students. You know, this no. this has absolutely to do with the really weird incentive system. Sorry. This has to do with the really weird incentive system for the universities where the football program ends up funding a bunch of other real academia they do. And it has to do with how messed up the NCAA is on the fact that, like, everyone knows that this is the case. And mm-hmm. we still don't let these guys make money off of their likeness or make media appearances or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, we could right. do Well, except. Go ahead. <laughs> they'll make media appearances for the NCAA. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, they'll be in the commercial showing their face. But if they have tried it, yeah, if they try to show their face or like get paid to do an autograph or something doesn't doesn't fly but if you're doing it for the ncaa and they're raking in the cash right and i've got to bring this up too because uh, i mean i think there's a discussion that doesn't happen enough around football which is we're taking a bunch of guys who are probably bell curve bright there are probably some not so bright guys and there are probably some super bright guys and pretty much everyone else is normal in there uh who are going out and performing a sport that we know causes t- 
terrible brain damage and like degenerative yeah. neurological disease. Irreparable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. They had um, uh, God, who was that guy? That Patriots, uh, Aaron Hernandez or whatever. Oh yeah, the murderer who, who was straight up murdering dudes. Mm. They released today that like his uh, post mortem autopsy because he like killed himself in prison. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh yeah, he had like severe brain right. trauma. Yeah. Yeah, and then and every almost everybody does right who plays yeah. in the NFL exactly, and then you wonder like you know when they behave in bizarre ways, it's like well, is part of it this institutionalized system that they're in in terms of making money for the for the university yeah, the institutionalized system to make money for the university that by the way involves smacking your head into other guys' heads like on a daily mm. basis for a several year time span yeah. I could see how that might play a role. Was it Teddy Roosevelt or was it Garfield that tried to abolish football in the United States? One of them oh. did. and Garfield just hates Mondays, man. He didn't oh, try right. to hate football. Right. As long as you're serving up some lasagna in the concession <laughs> stand. You know, I want to believe keep Odie away. I actually want to believe that it was Andrew Garfield because that would be the only thing that I know about Andrew Garfield other than his name. <laughs> right. <laughs> other than his absurdly comical name. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think that might be a good place to take a break. Honestly, we sure. we could do an entire podcast about the NCAA. And we probably and how will at fucked some point. up it is. I think we will, you know, we'll we'll do a we spin-off series well. for sure. <laughs> do a series NCAA NC double assholes or something. Yeah, yeah, sure. Anyways. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a, a so, liquid flannel spinoff show. Excellent. So, yeah, maybe we take a break and then what should we jump into next? Maybe some Baton Rouge or some Eagle Scout or, yeah, well, no, that's the same Baton thing. Baton Rouge, okay. National <laughs> News, anything else that Operator. rhymes with uh, Moose, basically. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag? Headbang! To say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out. He's fired. He's on fire. He's fired. He's on fire. You know, some owner's going to do that. He's going to say, that guy that disrespects our flag, he's fired. And that owner, they don't know it. They don't know. They're friends of mine, many of them. They don't know. They'll be the most popular person for a week. They'll be the most popular person in this country because that's a total disrespect of our heritage. That's a total disrespect of everything that we stand for, okay? Everything that we stand for. And I know we have freedoms and we have freedom of choice and many, many different freedoms. But you know what? It's still totally disrespectful. Now North Korea's reckless pursuit of nuclear weapons and ballistic missiles threatens the entire world with unthinkable loss of human life. No nation on earth has an interest in seeing this band of criminals arm itself with nuclear weapons and missiles. The United States has great strength and patience, but if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, We will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for himself. The United States is ready 
willing and able. But hopefully, this will not be necessary. That's what the United Nations is all about. That's what the United Nations is for. Let's see how they do. So I know that we had mentioned Baton Rouge here before the break, but all right, we, we got to talk about the UN here. We got to talk about Trump and the antics that can only be described as Trumpian. <laughs> but more importantly, the reaction from the world community, in particular North Korea. Well, I first want to I first want to say I did love how Trump's opening remarks at the UN within the first like sentence out of his mouth he can't resist being like you know the UN's an okay building in Manhattan but if you want to look at a really great building go a couple blocks down oh my god uh, he's like i think the UN wanted to build here because you know they saw how great trump tower was and they were like we got to get in on a piece of this action right here <laughs> yikes <laughs> oh man i mean they go straight back to those comments that were going around this week, his first recorded comments after the 9-11 attacks oh, back sure. in 2001, and the first, like, 45 seconds is him talking about, like, well, it used to be that the World Trade Center was the tallest buildings, but now it turns out Trump Tower is the tallest building. Anyway, we were all really heartbroken yeah. about what happened. Like, if I was in charge... Look on the bright side, though. That would immediately trigger an investigation into Trump. Like, if if you were second banana right. and now you're number one after a horrible accident, yeah. that that calls for investigation. <laughs> so. Bush did 9-11 conspiracies is so old. It's time yeah. for Trump did 9-11 conspiracies to get All right, started we got it this is the, the let's flip the script liquid flannel as a as a matter of policy now uh says that trump did 9-11 you heard it here first so that he could have the tallest building in manhattan he was just jealous of That's the right. bush was a patsy for donald trump who apparently was playing a really long ass game to get himself really? into power 87th dimensional Barkley, shut up and jam game. This guy's playing on a level. Yeah, no kidding. You can't you can't match that game. <laughs> you you, you got to tie your Reebok pumps up tight for that shit. But yeah. Sadly, him bragging about how he had a better building than the UN building actually like one of the the better things that he said. <laughs> right. Because then he just went off in his his big speech where he doubled down on calling. Kim Jong-un from North Korea Rocket Man. Yes. Rocket Man, which he did on Twitter, and on Twitter it came off as lame, but it was like, oh, that's just him on Twitter. But then for him to repeat that in front of the UN as if, you know, professional, accomplished people who do serious work were going to think that that was cool. Right, right. It is cool. That's a cool name. It's not even a slam. Rocket Man's a cool name. Well, but if you're meaning it derogatory, then that's not great. You know, I mean, it makes me wonder if Donald Trump just doesn't like Elton John, which would just be another reason that I yeah. I don't like Donald Trump. I mean, I almost think it's right. kind of like a game recognized game thing where <laughs> Donald Trump is like throwing that out and being like, "Look, man, I recognize. I love branding. My branding is deals and winning." Your branding is nuclear <laughs> missiles and rockets. Like, yeah, like let's and let's winning. put it all out right. there. You know, what he I mean? only understands the world in trademarks and like famous people. Well, I heard that a lot of the speech gravitated towards the 
America first and you should put your own countries before everyone else sort of thing, too. Which is the perfect message for the United Nations. <laughs> yeah, we're united yeah. in self-interest. <laughs> Literally, so. the reason that whole body exists is because that didn't work. Right. right. And he actually, he shouted out in his speech, he was like, also, the UN is great. I love the Marshall Plan, which is the thing that they did, which was like the post-World War II reconstruction and the sure. formation of the UN, basically. You can't love that, but then also love... Defunding infrastructure. Well, like and... nationalism and blind patriotism and jingoism and like all this. Like Those are right. incompatible. Well, it's kind of like when we were joking earlier about Trump and not knowing that Nambia is not a country or probably confusing Nambia, Zambia or Namibia, Zambia and Gambia. Right. But if he was talking about It's just the country that's like in between, right? It's just the one that's like right in the middle. It's just one of those black country. They they do blackface, but it's actually their skin or something. But he if he's talking about Namibia, Namibia has universal health care and he's talking about how whichever country this is has better <laughs> right. health care even than us. This is the second time. It was like when he did it with Australia. He keeps shouting out these people that have better systems than us and then refusing anybody that <laughs> wants to create those systems in Absolutely. the United States. So, <laughs> But then, you know, not to overshadow, the coup de grace in the UN was him talking about having to annihilate North Korea, right. possibly, until they got rid of their nukes. So He said his goal was a fully denuclearized North Korea, which is just not even a realistic starting point for any discussion at all. Everyone knows that that is impossible. I mean, it's impossible. Right. Even if they're just using conventional weapons, there's no way to do anything to North Korea because basically what you're doing at that mm -hmm. point is saying like, well, the 100,000 or so people who live in Seoul are just dead at that point. Collateral damage, you know. I think it's, it's way good. more people than that. <laughs> At the same time, this is where people say like, oh, you know, whatever. Trump just says nonsense. Everybody knows that he's just, it doesn't even matter and you should just ignore it. Even other world leaders recognize that to some extent. Except in this case, he's attacking the Iran deal at the same time. Going to the UN saying like, it was one of the worst deals ever. I should pull out of it. I, I'm still thinking about it. You know, I might right. pull out of it. And the Iran deal is mm. literally... The only like that's his dream scenario for North Korea, right? Right, right. Is is a deal like the Iran deal, but at the same time, the, all these countries work together, including Russia, including France. All these countries work together on this Iran deal for years and years and years. Mm. And Trump just wants to tear it up the minute he gets into office, just for no reason other than he just doesn't like it. <laughs> but so why would North Korea then exactly say, yeah, yeah, good call, we trust you, like we'll give up our nukes. Yeah. Let's normalize relations or whatever. Let's let's get the mm. sanctions off. You're really doing right by Iran, so we're going to do the same. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> it matters a lot that his rhetoric is saying this because he's putting sure. himself in an impossible position with all his rhetoric on North Korea. And they know that if they get rid of nukes, they'll be immediately invaded. I mean, right. they know that. Yeah. Uh, and they know that Trump's word means absolutely nothing so yeah sure there's no deal making incentive for them at all i'm going to do a live fact check in terms of the population of seoul south korea i was only off by two orders of magnitude okay <laughs> there there are 
there are ten, about 10 million people who live in Seoul, <laughs> right. South Korea. Yeah. What I was thinking of, though, was... Manhattan, the, Kansas. No, no. <laughs> what, I, what I was thinking of was the estimates for how many people would die in about the first 10 minutes of war with North <laughs> right, Korea exactly. in Seoul, which is something like 100,000 people in the okay. first 10 minutes. Nailed it. For sure. <laughs> so I was, I was actually on point there, and now I'm sad right. because... <laughs> These numbers are fucking horrifying. Well, Brendan, did you have um, some good quotes from the Kim Jong-un rocket man himself? Yeah, uh, so back to the rap battle that's happening yes. between uh, right? Trump and North Korea. <laughs> oh, this is going to be an epic rap battle of history. You know that those guys are like on it, writing it right, right. now. <laughs> so here's some snippets of Kim Jong-un's official response. Is uncharacteristically written in first person as like, Kim Jong-un's diary, basically. So, okay. uh... Shaping the general idea of what he would say, I expected he would make stereotyped prepared remarks a little different from what he used to utter in his office or on the spur of the moment as he had to speak on the world's biggest stage. But far from yeah. making remarks of any persuasive power that can be viewed to be helpful to diffusing tensions... He made unprecedented rude nonsense one has never heard from any of his predecessors. <laughs> a frightened dog barks louder. I is it is it weird to say that Kim Jong Un is growing on me here, like as a friend or something? Like Kim Jong Un is clearly the better speechwriter or yes. whoever he has working for oh, him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Trump's UN speech was written by Stephen Miller. And that guy is literally human trash. I, I can think of yes. no worse person yeah. right now. Well, and even if you take the speech writers out of the equation, Kim Jong-un is way better on staying on message than Donald Trump is, you know, staying on <laughs> script, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, because they have a coherent narrative. I mean, it right. could be a really horrible one, but at least it's coherent. <laughs> right. Well, and it's it's amazing because his remarks are already being translated from another language. So they kind of start with a handicap and they're still far more eloquent than anything Trump has <laughs> right. ever said in his entire life. Basically... Trump is is playing right into the ridiculous caricature of America that North Korea has propagandized for decades now, right? Saying right. they're just a big bully. They want to destroy us. They want to destroy everyone just for no reason. Like we're just pure trying to exist and they want to kill us for no reason. And before people were like, well, that's ridiculous. Like, how could they even possibly believe Hyperbole. that? Hyperbole. <laughs> but now you've got Trump going to the UN saying, like, we will wipe them off the map yep. without a right. second thought. And they're like, yeah, see, well, this is what we've been saying the whole time, you guys. <laughs> right. Exactly. You got to love the perpetuation of stereotypes. So. so he closes it out. This is a great line. Whatever Trump might have expected, he will face results far beyond his expectations. I will surely and definitely tame the mentally deranged U.S. doddered with fire. He uses man. the word daughter, which means wow. a senile old man, which is amazing. You know, their vocabulary is pretty legit out there for sure. You know it's a super <laughs> slam when you're at rap battle, when your opponent has to look up words in the dictionary. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, you know, with microphone drop and stuff. Oh, like Donald Trump's ever going to read any of that. Somebody, somebody yeah. else is going to report to him like, Kim Jong-un said something nasty about you. We're not even going to like waste your time <laughs> it, with it. It was pretty great, though. You should read it. Even that final phrase that could be deemed as a threat or whatever, um, it, there still was truth in it in the sense that they said, 
whatever Trump's expectation was, it's going to be exceeded. And it's like, well, well, duh. I mean, yeah, who, yeah, who knew climate change could be tough? Who knew immigration could be tough? Who knew nuclear war? <laughs> who knew bluffing on nuclear war could be so difficult? Honestly, you know, <laughs> so. the guy who spent zero time after he got elected doing what every other president's ever done, which is like you go to college every day for 12 hours just to try to get up to speed on stuff. You know, like apparently what they were doing was setting up meetings to, you know, figure out like licensing agreements now that they were going to be in power. Well, Trump's idea of, of educating himself is he's like, I just need to watch as much Fox News as possible right now. I need to TiVo yeah, Fox right. News, watch it and skip the commercials, you know, like because uh, that's how efficient I'm going to be learning international politics right that's here. productive building on that premise then we've we've named it on the show before how hard do you think trump is going to come out in favor of or against this uh graham cassidy health care amendment he's already coming out in favor of it but what if it turns against him because we've seen this before I mean, it's a tough call it seems it seems like it could pass but it also seems like no one wants it to pass so right i i'm almost holding out hope that It'll just come down to the wire, and they only really need two votes or whatever. So it's possible that two people can get the balls to just say, like, this is a bad idea. Well, Lisa Murkowski is already saying that she's already explained why she voted no against the other ones, and that that's basically going to be her vote here if, if things haven't changed. So I mean, to be super clear, for anyone who's listening who hasn't been following it, we're recording this on uh, September the 21st, uh, Thursday well, night. not voting this weekend. Uh, so <laughs> things probably have changed by the time that you're listening to this. But as it stands right now, Essentially, what the Graham-Cassidy amendment to the ACA does is all of the same nasty shit that was in the AHCA or the most recent Obamacare repeal uh, process that they tried to do, which I can't even remember what it's called mm-hmm. at this point. But it's the same kind of thing where it it basically defunds Medicaid, gets the state's the ability to let their insurance companies say like no pre-existing conditions like yeah sure we'll we'll charge you now if you've got metastatic cancer it's going to be like $160,000 a year instead of whatever a reasonable insurance arrangement was so it's it's basically the the exact same thing well i've got two donald trump tweets that may shed a little light on this here so okay. the first one I would not sign Graham Cassidy if it did not include coverage of pre-existing conditions. It does. <laughs> right. It does. A great bill, repeal and replace. And then the next <laughs> the next one was Senator, and then in parentheses, Dr. Bill Cassidy is a class act who really cares about people and their health care. He doesn't lie, just wants to help people. Which are two of the most ridiculous, easily disprovable lies because this bill yes. does absolutely nothing to protect pre-existing conditions it just leaves it up to the states and right. if a state doesn't want to do it then they don't have to do it on that one i'm gonna i'm gonna call you out brennan because he's not actually lying what he is doing is leaving out important context insurance companies would still be prohibited from kicking someone from coverage right for pre-existing conditions however it would put them into these ridiculous high-risk pools or are there even pools in this one i think it might just be i mean it's up to the states whatever they want to do yeah whatever the states want to do the insurance companies could jack up your coverage to an exorbitant amount that amounts to a death sentence but 
was the president lying when he said that if you have insurance with a pre-existing condition, you won't be able to get kicked off your plan for a pre-existing condition? He's following condition? the letter of the law, but not the spirit of it. And it's <laughs> right. that legal bullshit that you can smell from a mile away. That's that's what it comes down to. But he doesn't even care. Oh, yeah, you know that he doesn't fucking know right. anything about that. He'll twist his words any way he can. Sure. But, yeah, he doesn't know or care the details of the bill. And neither does anybody else. Neither do the people, Graham and Cassidy, who wrote this right. bill. They don't care what it does. Right. They, If they cared, they wouldn't be trying to do it before the end right. of the month for, for some arbitrary nonsense budgetary reasons. They do it through regular order. The reason is at the end of the month, they can no longer amend bills that happened under the last administration – under the budget uh, reconciliation right. process. That's why we've had so much healthcare stuff going on for the past couple of months. There's a deadline. This cool. deadline is coming up. They can't get the votes right now. They certainly won't be able to get the votes when threshold. When it goes to like 60 right. votes instead of 50. But yeah. they could also just there's there's so many things they could do. They can just wait till the next budgetary cycle, which at this point it's already freaking September. It's only right. months away, right? <laughs> when the next year starts and they can redo the budget again. Or they could get rid of the 60-vote threshold, get rid of the filibuster, and just go to 50-50, which Trump has said and which you know right. they could also do. So for them to just say, well, we have to do it this way, they don't have to do it this way. This is the way they're choosing to do it. Oh, it's just way right. easier for them to do it this way. Right. It's ridiculous that they're trying to squeeze it under the wire. They won't get a CBO score. Deb Fisher at a town hall in Omaha said... I don't vote. I don't want to vote on anything without a full CB, CBO score. I don't want to even Doesn't right, want to. take a position on something without a full CBO score. Again, sure. But you know she's going to vote right. for this. You she's know? like, I don't want to, but I sure as hell will do it. I'm still right, going to follow right. my team. I mean, and people have been saying, like, call your congressman. And I'm thinking about my, my senators are Cornyn and Cruz. And... Yours are Sass and Fisher, who never even comes up on this show because mm -hmm. boringly predictable. You still have to call. I mean, it's stupid, but you still have to call and say, like, I don't like that you're doing this. Um, they're going to vote for it anyway. It's on record. It's better that they vote for it against, like, knowing that it's wrong rather than saying, like, well, I didn't hear right. any. I didn't hear a lot of people. But in some ways... Clearly, if they repeal Obamacare or they pass this new thing and they leave it all back to the states, it would be a gigantic cluster. It wouldn't help sick people at right. all. But it almost would be right. a motivating force for the opposition versus if they fail again, it's it's harder to get motivated to to go out and vote. They're almost shooting themselves in the foot again by, by passing something like this that they know is terrible and people are mm. going to hate. Well, that's the big gamble that a bunch of progressives are taking, which is, I mean, it's basically accelerationism, right? Where you're talking about the system needs to get this bad in order to uh, right. have a positive change, uh, like further down the road from what we actually had to begin with. And the thing about it is it is a gamble because, I mean, what if a bunch of people are just too fucking broke at that point? to like take to the streets or be able to take time off work to organize or anything like that. I mean, at a certain point you can beat down a population so badly that they just accept whatever and they can't organize to change things the other direction. Yeah. It's it's funny too because you can kind of see it both ways with 
Trump now trying to kind of make this pivot where he's like, I'm the centrist, you know, nonpartisan deal maker now. You could easily right. see him doing what Chuck was saying earlier, which is like, as soon as this bill fails, Trump right. is going to say like, yeah, that's what I, I told him to do that because I care about you. I'm bipartisan. You know, right. I protected Obamacare. He's so able to just change his mind on a whim that you right. almost can't hold him to anything that happens because he'll just say like, well, right. you know, it, it didn't, it wasn't my fault. I think primarily the guy's an opportunist. He clearly has been very successful at that, right? Because he right. was <laughs> right. elected to yeah. the highest office in the world, I guess. Well, how about we uh, take a break here and then come back and we can maybe uh, get into some crazy Boy Scout homicide or something. <laughs> or maybe we could just find a high note. We'll leave you guessing here and we'll come right back. They gave me a list of 10 people that were absolute no's. These are 10 Republican senators. Now, John McCain's, John McCain was not on the list, so that was a totally unexpected thing. Terrible. Uh, honestly, terrible. I call up the different people. Well, Mr. President, could you have dinner with my wife, myself, my family, my kids, my cousins, my uncles? And I'd like to talk to you about it. Okay. So they come over, the family, pictures all night, everything, okay. And I'll get a vote or I won't, whatever. But brutal, brutal. You know, you know what that is, folks, right? It's called brutality. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right, Matthew McConaughey <laughs> on the show here. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it was great today watching Milo get do his uh, reenactment of baked alaska on twitter so or not on twitter i love so much that these guys are starting to fight with each other and yeah like mock each other for various media performances that i mean uh, the the whole new like trump trump is like brought out like a preening narcissist version of right-wing politics that i think <laughs> can only be counteracted on the left by sassy drag queens. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, isn't that Milo anyways? I mean, he's a sassy I mean, but drag it's, queen. He's almost there, right? I mean, that's how that you got to fight fire with fire. He, you know he wears mean? more nah, makeup. Milo's, Milo's, a, Milo's a quizzling, though. He works to the wrong side. Right. But he does wear more makeup than I've ever seen a drag queen wear. So um, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that information. I can just say that I'm feeling a little bit weird on the inside for saying that a... I found something Milo did mildly amusing and pleasing, and then also saying, hey, Kim Jong-un made some good points. It's like, what's wrong with this world, you know, but right. oh, well, we, can, we can deal with it. <laughs> so, Well, that's what happens, man. That's when your government is so ridiculous and backwards. And I mean, this happened during the Bush administration, too, where, you know, Bush would do all these crazy things. And then he would say the most ridiculous shit in the media. Right. And then like Al Qaeda would put out a statement and be like, that's ridiculous. And you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like, well, you know, I hate Al Qaeda, but like you, you nailed Bush on that one. Yeah. Like, yeah, that guy's, that guy's <laughs> right. a moron. Way to take him to task. You right. Know? <laughs> so, yeah. But we got to bring it low before we bring it high. So we okay. promised, we promised Baton Rouge. All right. So let's hit it real quick. Yeah. All this right. freaking Boy Scout dude. I mean, this is. It's funny that now. Hold on. Do we want to? Do we want to start off that way? Do we want to say this Boy Scout dude as opposed to something like this Eagle Scout this, dude? 
(laughs) (laughs) As opposed to this, like, kind of loner white guy who did this thing who also happened to be a Boy Scout. Because I I don't know if we want to own it like that. No, I I agree. And I think that's exactly the point is that the the coverage of this dude is immediately latching on to the fact that he was an Eagle Scout, even though he's being accused of be self-radicalizing who and is who is this person and what did he do so this dude uh his name is kenneth gleason mm. and he was arrested uh in baton rouge louisiana for randomly drive buying some black dudes who were just walking around minding their own business so- yeah this this alleged kind of sequence killing of black people and so when you know he 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 killed two random black people and the cops allegedly were like, allegedly it's, it's important that we say it. he allegedly has <laughs> it's, done it's true so the accusation uh that uh is that he shot these two black guys and then the cops were like well you know we don't know that he's just shooting black guys maybe he's just shooting whoever he comes across mm, you know right but then he apparently attempted to attack a third person and didn't hit him and that was you know led police to be able to track him down and so this dude gets arrested he's wearing a philmont scout camp t-shirt when he gets arrested yes right and mugshotted mm-hmm. now and did you guys go to did you guys go to philmont i did yeah chuck did mm-hmm. my whole family yeah <laughs> Chuck, and that's a that's the big uh, the big backpacking trip, right? It's the big backpacking trip in uh, Philmont Scout Ranch in New Mexico, and okay, I know that at least at the time they used to say that Mount Baldy, which is within the Scout Reservation, is one of the highest points in New Mexico. So you okay. know, my family did go on that, and for me, it was a matter of personal hell because I actually didn't want to go and neither did my brother, <laughs> but my father, uh, who's also an Eagle scout wanted insisted on it because, you know, when he was a boy scout, had he done it before? No, because black scouts were not allowed at Philmont scout r- oh, reservation yeah. when he was a scout. So he's like, now you guys are doing it. And I'm like, man, we kind of just want to play basketball this summer or something. You know, it's like, nope, you're going to go to train and go up that damn mountain. But Yeah, you're going to go to this racist place right. that they didn't want you to go to. Right. It's going to wow. be great. Right. And, well, when we were up there, it's like I definitely remember there being at least one outhouse where I saw a Confederate flag etched into it, you know, and uh, Yikes. a swastika. That's dedication. You know, yeah. I mean, to get all those stars, it's not just like the, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, it was crazy. But like, you'd see that kind of shit out there and be like, what am I doing out here? Does my family even love me? Why am I here? You know, <laughs> but, but it meant a lot to my dad. And looking back on it now, it means a lot to me, too, to say that I was able to overcome something like that. So, you know, well, not just not just the cultural thing, but I understand the Philmont trip to be that's really physically taxing. You're out there for what, like 10 days or something. You're out living off of your backs. Exactly. uh, In the middle of the desert. And I mean, that's that's a big deal. That's that's a real thing to be able to plan for and execute and get through it on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. All your gear is on your back the entire 10 days on the trek. 
I believe our trek with side hikes ended up being close to 100 miles. And, wow. you know, and this includes your food, which I always loved carrying the food because that got lighter as the trek progressed. You know? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was my personal experience with Philmont. You know, it was a great place. I had no idea. I knew there were some weirdos out there, right. but I didn't know it would be like that. So Yeah, apparently this guy's just using it to, like, rep his, like, racist cred or whatever and be like, yo, man, my racism, you know, is so hipster. <laughs> Dude, yeah. You know, Philmont racism, baby. Dude, this is some around the campfire type racism right here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is... But, I, I mean... It's it's ridiculous that this dude, you know, is going out and straight up murdering people and immediately because he's a white dude, they're latching on to like, oh, you know, he doesn't he seems like such a nice guy. You he know did I mean? this he did this uh uh construction project for his church as part of his Eagle Scout badge. Right. Oh, what a yeah. nice wow, oh, that's just crazy. Like Right. I mean they, they had to dig through like years of his social media photos to find the one where he's wearing a scout uniform. Whereas, I mean, somebody gets shot by the police in uh, Chicago or St. Louis or something right. like that. They just pull, you know, the most scandalous picture they can find. of somebody. Right. Oh, absolutely. Even though these people are like, Philando Castile was like, uh, he worked at like a, a Catholic school Montessori. or whatever. A beloved yeah. lunch lady, basically. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. He's a legal, you know, Second Amendment gun owner. You know, they don't care. Right. right? But immediately they'll just find, you know, the most thug picture of him that they can possibly find and blast yep. it all over Fox and News. And talk about how he talk about how he smoked weed, which was the thing that I think the CNN article did mention about right. uh, this this uh, Baton Rouge shooter. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, except it happened like like 19 lines yeah. down. Right. You know who else smoked a ton of weed? Boy Scout dude. Right. You know, you know who else smokes a ton of weed? Literally fucking everybody. <laughs> right. And it's yeah. so telling right. that they only bring it up when it's like a black person who, who died or committed right. a crime. Which is like, they're literally put plastering pictures of this guy in his Boy Scout uniform, like all over. Like that's the picture that they're using to represent him. Although they could probably easily find a picture of him with a big old blunt in his mouth. Oh, right, know, for sure. They found a ton of weed at his place, and they were like, oh, yeah, that, that dude smoked weed all the time. <laughs> right. Even just his mugshot, which is, like, the most hilarious, like, deer caught in the headlights photo I've it ever is, seen in my entire life. It is pretty bad. It literally has red eye on it, yeah. which is like, what camera right. are they using? Yeah, to seriously, to is that, like, a freaking Polaroid or what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they need to shake it like a Polaroid picture on that. But, <laughs> yeah, his picture looks pretty haggard for sure. You know, the thing I always love is that people, all of his friends are like, I had no idea. I mean, I never would have seen this happen. And that that's when I want to say, did he have any black friends first? You know, because yeah. because if you're a white person hanging out with another white person and only interacting in white spheres, then it's like, how could you even be able to say, I have no idea about this guy? You know, because you don't know. You know, Chuck, I'm. I'm glad that you brought that up because when I was reading one of these profiles of this guy talking about his deep inner life or whatever, all the friends are saying like, I never knew him to like speak up about too much. Usually when I saw him, he was reading like a book on philosophy or something. Mm -hmm. um, but none of them said anything about, I spent a lot of time with this guy and I'm going to go out on a shaky limb here and say, I bet that all of the time that this guy wasn't hanging out with, these people who claim to know him so well, he was on places like 4chan and Reddit and sure. talking about how 
awful intercultural values are and how the social justice warriors are ruining everything it's just a matter of time before somebody traces back you know they'll find his reddit nickname and they'll find out that he was subscribed to all the usual fucking sure sure uh, suspects and i i'm not even going to say what they are because we've talked about that enough well you know it's kind of funny because there's that um that racist guy that's a biochem major over at UNL that people have been tracking. And I mean, not just me. Uh, he's on, he's publicly enemy number one on the hit list for uh, the Anti-Defamation League. He's on there. Right. And he's, you know, on the radar for Antifa and other groups. The guy that spoke <laughs> at that city council meeting, this dude literally has pictures of himself, like selfie pictures, where it's just him. It's a tripod taking the picture Dylan Roof style, and then he's got a mm-hmm. gun in his pants, like down his Fine. waistband. And it's like, you know, and yeah, that's never a red flag right. for and for online behavior. talking about committing Turner Diaries style revenge against people and stuff like that. Oh, great. Yeah. So and I guarantee you when he when something happens with this dude everyone's going to be like dude i had no idea i mean he had i had no idea this was happening right someone even told me right. they're like yeah he even people have told me that he even had black friends before and it's like what you know <laughs> uh so yeah these well, kind of things and it's funny too because like when when shootings and stuff happen all these people say things like oh my gosh like if only we had known or whatever you know, if only, you know, someone had been able to tell anyone or whatever. And it's like, you can go to the cops right now and be like, dude, there's this racist Nazi who like posts online that he has a gun mm-hmm. and he hates Jews. Right. And they're like, well, you know, free speech. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? He is white. Right. right. I mean, how how white is this dude? Right. Right? Pretty white. OK, yeah, that's <laughs> right. right. Yeah, like, pretty white. I mean, no, that's that's free come speech. Come back when it's yeah. a real problem. Like after he <laughs> makes that free speech transcend to something a little bit more tangible, you know. Right. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. But then it's like, what? Even This was this week, too. This week feels like it's been going on forever. That Nazi got punched out in Oregon or some shit, or in Seattle. And everyone on... Uh, yeah, in Seattle. And everyone yeah. on the left is like... Or, well, lots of people on the left are fighting about whether that's okay or not. And it's like, you know what? If... I mean... The generation before No, no, us, no. Hold on. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's characterize that yeah. correctly. There are a whole bunch of people who are liberals and a whole bunch of people who are on the left who are fighting about whether or not that's okay. Oh, absolutely. That's- it's 100%. That's the that's the debate right there. And it's like, you know, if you're if you're a liberal and you're over the age of, you know, 55, then your generation or maybe not 55. Let's go with 65. Your generation sure. already had its opportunity to deal with this kind of shit and literally punched out the Nazis right. as much as possible. Yeah, you had that chance to deal with it and then people after you just kind of let it kind of bake up well now you need to sit down and let us deal with it the way we need to deal with it so and that's complete eradication (laughs) it just it it exposes the whole the whole thing of like it's all about patriotism and it's all about you know what's best for america or whatever when it's also about this like idea of american politics as being this really civil discussion of ideas or something like that right right but you've got the the party of anti-communism immediately just being like oh the russians like hacked our election and like helped our reality tv candidate win like that's fine Mm -hmm. like not a big not a big (laughs) deal like at all like oh nazis want to vote for us like hey maybe nazis aren't so bad 
You know what's funny is the anti-communist wing of that party simultaneously doesn't like Russia because they're communist, which they're not, and they like Russia because they're doing things that are helping them, which they totally are. Right. So, like, the anti-communism doesn't actually enter the argument. Right. Russia's not communist. Uh, China's not communist. Right. You know? People, people want to bring up, you know, they want to attack the DSA for, you know... Socialism's working out real well in China, isn't it? Right. It's like, well, I mean, China's not socialist. Right. Like, it's clearly not socialist. Right. right. Like, they see, they're doing all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, and they're doing well. <laughs> right. Hey, you know what? Here's here's a high note. Uh, Donald Donald Glover won a won an Emmy for Atlanta, and that that shit was great. He was the first black person to ever win an Emmy for directing. Oh, sweet! Yeah, and we've talked about we've talked about him on He's the show the first before. First black person ever to win an Emmy for directing. Yeah, I think so. Or maybe Jesus directing that... a comedy. I don't. May, I don't know. Yeah, let, let's try to niche it as much as possible to <laughs> to, to stave off Matt's shock, his utter shock. <laughs> right. Sorry. I'm sorry. I just got really pissed right. off about that. No, I whole thought. No, oh, I Matt, you should watch Atlanta. You would love it. Oh, no, I, I know that I would. I love Donald Glover. Uh, I just haven't had the chance to get around to it yet. Well, so should that just be the high note? Say that shit yeah, again. Everybody watch, watch the Emmy Award winning television show starring Donald Glover, Atlanta. <laughs> starring Donald Glover, who's a fucking genius. Starring and directed I by, right? I mean... Did he direct yeah, it? Yeah, directed, written, created, Produced. showrunner. I mean, yeah, he's he's all over that thing. Yeah, definitely everyone. We've told you to watch Atlanta before, but if you haven't, get on that shit right now. I mean, it's It's great. only like eight epi- I mean, it's so short. Right. Like, you can literally watch it in a day. Yeah. Yeah, if you're dedicated. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> And, you know, it's kind of like, it kind of time skips around. Like, each episode, you can watch an episode by itself. Mm. And... You, you get more out of it if you watch it all together, but it's not like one ends and like the next set. It's like right. an indeterminate dreamlike amount of time happens between each episode, it seems like. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's really good. Did Was there any other... Um, I didn't even watch the Emmys, so I'm not sure if there were any other points of interest from it <laughs> but yeah i mean nobody did donald trump tweeted about how the ratings were way way down oh yeah yeah but <laughs> no, none of the people i follow on twitter had much of interest to say right. about the emmys so i'm surprised that donald trump wasn't all over it just for the fact that a donald won something but i guess it was a black donald so it's like yeah dude does it count dude, does it count like, not in the club uh, my shadow just won something you know <laughs> oh man who knew I could be good at racist jokes? <laughs> so, uh, I sure did. I've been waiting for this uh, oh, from you for years. I've Chuck. been waiting for racist it's jokes like from one you. Of those, one of those. Uh, it's like a cursed superpower where you're like, oh, I can, I'm so gr- I'm so great, but all my all my jokes are just racist, and I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things you have remorse for, and you're like. I vow never to use my superpowers ever again. And then yeah. one day they're like, but the world needs you, sir. They need you right now. Right. They need this racism. Yeah. <laughs> so. I met like, I met the devil at the crossroads <laughs> and I sold my soul to be funny. I'm, and it turns out that the only thing I can do is racist humor. <laughs> yeah. It's like being invisible, but only when no one's looking at you. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man, that's a deep cut. That's a what? What the? Mystery man, dude. <laughs> seriously, that was Damn, deep, dude. <laughs> Super deep. 
Actually, I think that that's going to be my new Twitter bio right there. <laughs> I'm I'm always invisible when no one's looking. <laughs> so I actually did include a Twitter bio now. I'm sorry, we're getting way off topic here, but I've got a Twitter bio and it does have Boy Scouts nice. in it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's the perfect lead in to just say, you know, follow us on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Follow yeah. us on Twitter. I have changed my name to Baked Nebraska, but I'm still at. Oh, it's that's pretty great. so good! Oh my god! But I'm still at Shaggy Two Trope. <laughs> so don't get confused. Yeah, don't get it twisted. Brendan, where can they find you? <laughs> uh, they can find me at Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with a W. And also, y'all follow us on Facebook. Uh, YouTube, you know, like our page, Twitter, yeah, YouTube, whatever. Follow us everywhere. You can find us at Liquid Flannel. We're literally flannel. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we're pretty much the only Liquid Flannel. So when you Google us, we'll we'll come up whichever medium you want. Oh yeah, have you guys have you guys done that lately? If you do it in like incognito mode, you Google us. We're the first result for Liquid Flannel. That phrase. Yep. <laughs> which means we've we've beaten out that recipe for a really shitty sounding alcoholic beverage <laughs> yeah it just looks terrible yeah. it's like some some cocoa or something i don't want to drink it's any like alcohol cocoa. that makes me think of the feeling fuzzy as i'm ingesting <laughs> you know <laughs> right i'm gonna drink a tall oh, glass man. of flannel so there's another there's another liquid flannel recipe from checks.com so my new <laughs> no no that's the thing no that's the recipe the yeah. one that has the crumbled checks on the rim I of the glass <laughs> it has to be oh, checks if it's not checks it's not real. what if it's kicks it's not a real liquid flannel. right <laughs> yeah but you can Fucking find checks. us out there so just google us whichever social media outlet you want we're there but yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye. been a this has been an interesting high note session here is there a high note i mean okay. we talked about philmont what's up <laughs> <laughs> what were you guys saying there uh Nothing. trying to trying to figure out if there was a high note at all Gosh, here yeah and you know brendan was like well we talked about philmont and was like okay mount baldy is actually a, a high note in that discussion but i don't think i was gonna say ele- that elevation phrase. wise that's as high as you can get you know <laughs> but um yeah I- i'll take what i can get this week